everyone, this is episode 655 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Streets of Rogue, Little Shadows of the Damned, and that's about it. Uh, Xbox is having a big summer sale right now for the next two weeks, and there are some deals in there. I guess, but looking at the things I don't have that I want, not a lot stood out. They do have the One Piece World Seeker. Is that the the subtitle? They have that game on sale, but I think it's 40% off for the base game and then to get the Deluxe Ultimate Edition or whatever with the Season Pass or what have you is only 30% off and... I'm holding out for that to at least hit 40% off, but ideally 50% off. Plus, I looked into the details on the game and how far it is in the timeline, uh, and I still have a ways to go, because I am about 70 episodes into the anime now, and when I looked into that game, they said it doesn't cover anything until or up to this arc, so you're good to go. And I'm like, okay, when does that arc happen? And it was like 700 episodes in, which means it's behind by 150 or 200 episodes or so. But I still have a long way to go before I can fully appreciate all there is in World Seeker. So I'm still going to hold off. And the price just isn't right. Jump Force is 50% off for the base game, 40% off for the Deluxe and Ultimate Editions. There's part of me that still wants to pick it up. Rage 2, you can get for 35% off for the Deluxe Edition or whatever, the one that comes with the Season Pass or the upcoming DLC. I think the base game by itself is only 25% off, so you, you get a bit of a bigger discount. That was one of the games I was looking forward to. 35 is, it's tempting, because that is a very me game where I can enjoy the monotony and the boring nature of it. It's fuel with shooting, and fuel was a very empty, boring game for most, but I enjoyed it for what it was. In the same way that I enjoy the crew and the crew too. And I'm excited, speaking of the Crew 2, about an update that just went live on Xbox One. I downloaded it. I haven't launched the game yet, but the Crew 2 was up, uh, updated today, for me at least. And why I'm excited about this is because I haven't been able to launch the game for the last few weeks or so. And I haven't tried prior to that, but... At one random point, I was like, you know what? I just want to kind of drive around and not think about anything. I'm going to try and play the crew, too. And it wasn't working. And I thought maybe after a few times, it would eventually work. Because with some games, for whatever reason, because consoles now are just PCs and sometimes they have issues, uh, I'll have games that take too long to launch. And there are certain games where this happens frequently and and plenty of games where it never happens. But games like Smite and Paladins. So I'm assuming there's something with the, what is it, Hi-Res Studios or or whatever their their name is. There's something about their games that, for whatever reason, 
doesn't always compute perfectly and that can happen. So I am familiar with this thing that happens and it usually just takes constant relaunching. Sometimes the, the second time I start a game, it'll work. And sometimes it might take five or six. Uh, that's a rare case and usually only for Smite and Paladins, but it happens. With the Crew 2, I never once got it to launch in the past two weeks. And I'm hoping this update fixes it because of all the people to not have it work, why should it not work for me? Someone who thinks the Crew 2 is a perfectly fine game, whereas other people think it's fucking terrible. I'm fine with it. It's, it is what it is. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, going back to the Xbox sale... I, I wish I paid attention to the games I already own that were on sale. I think Soma is on sale for 12 bucks, and I adore that game. So I would recommend that. But you can check for yourself. The, the highlight for me would be the Splinter Cell games on original Xbox. Because those, when they announced they were hitting backward compatibility at E3, they were all priced at $15.00. And they're on sale right now for $974. And if you do own an Xbox 360 still, while they are backward compatible, I don't know if this is true for all states, but at least in Illinois and in Chicago, where I live, I don't have to pay tax on purchases made through the 360 console. If I were to purchase them on the website, one, I wouldn't be able to use any credit. I'd have to use my card. And two, I would be charged tax. Uh, I don't know if you can use, I would assume you'd be able to use credit through the Xbox One, but you would also be charged tax as far as I, as far as I know. So that's a way of saving a few bucks, uh, or, you know, a few cents, depending on how big the purchase is. But those are all 974 and I picked up every single one of them because they may go on sale cheaper at some point for 750 but who the hell knows. Original Xbox games don't go on sale all that often, and I'd rather know that I get them for somewhat of a discount, if not the biggest discount. At least I'm getting them somewhat cheaper. And then 10 bucks is a fine price for those games, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I just dabbled with them, and like every original Xbox game, they look super nice with uh, the Xbox One X's, what, 16 times and aliasing thing and what they're doing with them. So they look really good. I didn't try them too much to be able to say whether or not you can actually find an online match or anything. Because um, it just threw me immediately in the tutorial and I didn't feel like doing that. But they're on sale. They're fantastic. The multiplayer at least. That's a, a something for a future attack the backlog. I've never really played much of the single player in Splinter Cell games. Especially the old ones. I may have play through the first one a bit but the only one I ever beat was Double Agent on 360 so yeah that's that's pretty much it news wise I didn't see anything else that stood out so Streets of Rogue is you guessed it a roguelite game and it is one of my favorite games of the year it is right up there with the Plague Tale Innocence as a contender for Game of the Year currently. I think this year has been pretty weak, for me at least. I still have to play Resident Evil 2. That's the other game 
that I can think of that would most likely be a contender and, and be in my top 10. But outside of those three now, I, I can't think of anything else from this year that really stood out. I really was liking Agalos until it frustrated me a bit. And I'll have to get back to that at some point. That could still be like a, a number 10 because I, I do like a lot of that game, but it, it bugged me a bit. Uh, there's Bloodstain that I could love if I get around to it, since I do love Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But I can't really think of what else came out that, that was big and critically acclaimed this year. We have Days Gone, which wasn't critically acclaimed, but I could see myself liking a game like that. Rage 2, again, not really critically acclaimed, but I could enjoy it. I only played it for a few hours when I rented it, but putting more time in it, I could, I could enjoy it, but I don't know if I would enjoy it to the level where I'm like, yeah, one of the top 10 games of the year. So this year has been pretty weak uh, for me. But Streets of Rogue is a highlight. I absolutely adore this game. I got a code for Xbox One. It is on Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC. It was an early access game on PC, and then it hit consoles on the 12th. And I think I'm going to end up picking it up on Switch because I would love to have this game on the go. It is so delightful and silly and genuinely funny. The, the opening bit made me crack up a bit during the tutorial where you are being guided towards this, towards like exiting a, a building. And a guy outside is telling you what to do. And as you successfully complete the objectives he's telling you to do, it's like, oh, just move to the left or right. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're moving to the left or right. Can you open that door? Oh my God, you opened the door? You're like, you're like a wizard. What is going on? And when you make it through and leave the building, he is so blown away and, and freaks out over how good you are and how you may be another person who's able to help the resistance. He just can, he just spontaneously combusts. He blows up from the, from the awe of your ability. And I wasn't expecting that, and it made me chuckle. And if you know me, that's not easy to do. So at that point, I knew that I was probably in good hands and I played it for about four hours and I adore it. So it's a roguelite with procedurally generated areas. You start off in the slums and these areas are spread out between, I think three to two uh, areas or these, these spaces are, are spread out between two to three levels. You start off in the slums, then you move on to the industrial area then the park and then the i don't know if it's the city but i'm in the fourth area now in my current run which i i quit out and saved uh, i haven't picked it up yet but the way the game works is that it, it, it is an over-the-top viewpoint like classic grand theft auto games with a cartoony art style that is reminiscent of the prison architect game if you're aware of that very cartoony you know um simple features uh not very detailed pixel art but it, it looks really good and it runs very well it's a very smooth game and at every level you have a handful of tasks you have to complete before you can exit and move on to the next level 
and your goal in the game is to reach the top or whatever and take over the mayor who was elected on false promises. He promised that he was going to lower taxes and like give booze to everyone, and instead he raised taxes and took all the booze for himself, for his party. So you are trying to, you know, take over. Get this bad piece of crap mayor out of there. But who cares about the story? It's it's about the gameplay and the immersion stories, the organic way in which things play out in the level. And that is why I love the game. So when you start off in the game after you go through the tutorial, you're at your home base. And you'll, f you'll see a handful of things you can interact. Like there are people who can provide you with new traits, which you can purchase with chicken nuggets, which are the currency you get for completing levels during runs. And unlocking traits will give you new things that you can gain while playing through a future playthrough. And there's a, 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 a minimum you need to have so you can remove one so that you have a better chance of getting certain traits as well as items that you can find in the environment and stuff like that. Uh, and you unlock those with chicken nuggets as well. And you have, I don't know, maybe eight characters unlocked at the start. And they're are probably around 20, 25 characters in total, and you unlock these characters by completing tasks in the game. So to unlock the cop character, for instance, you have to bribe three cops during playthroughs. To unlock the shopkeeper, you have to spend $1,500 over the course of your career with the game. And stuff like that. Uh, to unlock the zombie, I, I think you play through the game and, and complete the slums area as the vampire. And it's it's got a lot of cheeky humor in it. A lot of flavor text, which is nice and, and well written. The game has a really good sense of humor. But like I said, what I love about the game is the organic way in which things play out. So the kind of missions you'll have are really basic where it could be go to this area and retrieve this item. You may have to just retrieve it from a save or you may have to retrieve it from a person. And if you have to retrieve it from a person, you could kill them to retrieve the item. You can bribe them. You can try and intimidate them. And some of these stats will vary depending on the character you're playing. You, know, you might be playing somebody who's not very intimidating and threatening them will be a very low percentage chance and likely to fail. Uh, and you may have a task to free some prisoners or eliminate these enemies. And on some levels, you'll have additional missions that you can get from interacting with people and talking to them. And you're just doing this. And then when you complete these missions, you go to the next level. And that may sound really boring and simple, but the reason why I love it so much, and there, there's a bit of hitman in the way things play out and, and the, the funny nature of it all and the quality of the AI. The AI is what makes this game so special because the AI feels alive. When you're in a city, when you're in an area going about doing your own business, you soon realize that the AI is doing their own stuff as well. There could be people who are just working at a, play, uh, a store, people who are just watching TV, uh, sleeping, whatever. But there could also be a gang war happening in another part of the map. Maybe it happens when you are there to witness it happen. Or maybe when you come to another part of the map, you just see that there are corpses all over the ground because 
all hell broke loose at some point during your time in that level. And stumbling across those kind of things is really cool. And it, like I said, makes the game feel alive because you know that things are happening outside of what you're doing. You know, things don't just happen when you're in the vicinity, when you're able to see it. It's not like everyone's just frozen in time doing nothing. These characters are living their lives in their ways, and it's it makes it so special. And you can use the, the AI to your advantage. So at one point, I was going after an object, and I had no weapons on me. So I ran into this place and grabbed it and aggroed all these like mafioso-type people in there. And they were chasing after me, and I had no real way to defend myself. I was going to get killed, most likely. But I ran around this area, and I noticed a police station. So I went into the police station, and they came running in and fired off a shot before stopping. And that aggroed the cops, and then they just got into this huge battle and it was amazing to watch it happen because I, I basically just got the cops to do my dirty work for me. And the cops ended up getting killed. Uh, and I think one of the mafioso people survived, but it was enough for me to handle and, and get them. But that kind of stuff is super fun. And sometimes the the levels will have their own things going on, like... So the craziest thing that happens, and I think it might always happen with the last level of the slums, the traits or like little bonuses will constantly change every 10 or 15 seconds. So one moment you could be a giant, they could build you up. And when you're a giant, you can walk through walls and it feels really good to do that. But then you could be turned into a, a little person. You could... Um, get super speed you could be poisoned you could be confused which makes all the the buttons work in the opposite direction uh and, and this thing this this these characteristics that change every 15 or so seconds they don't just happen to you they happen to every single character in the level every single one so one character one ai character could become real big or they could become super powerful they could turn into a zombie. They could become resurrected. They could have died and resurrected. Like, so much stuff can happen, and it becomes really wild. There was a level where it was a riot, and all hell was breaking loose. That level was insane because people were just beating the shit out of each other left and right, and it was a nightmare trying to get things done in that level. At another level... I had a bounty on my head, so I couldn't really trust anyone, and that was hectic. In the park, enemies would be hiding in bushes, and they would just pop out of nowhere, which was crazy. And I just, I, I love the game so much, uh, and I've only put like four hours in the game, but I could see myself easily putting 50 plus. Like This could be a game I end up putting 100 plus hours in when all is said and done, because while... I'm sure to unlock all the characters and all that at, at, before that point. I, I like the, the game will just always feel fresh because you never know how things are going to play out and whether a run is going to be good or not. I've had runs that ended very quickly and ones that keep going and going and going. My current run is maybe about an hour long. Um, but I, 
I really love it. And it's funny too, seeing the way characters could end up in their own demise just by accident. So they could end up chasing after you and not realize that there's a trap there and they can fall into the trap themselves or uh, uh, get blown up. Um, it's it's just fun. And it's it's a game that while if you if you watch someone play it or, or something like that, you can you can get a feel for it and an idea of what makes it so special, but it's the act of actually playing it that makes it or that sh- really shows its strengths. And I can't recommend it highly enough. It's twenty dollars and I uh, I I love it. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Especially if you are someone who likes the Hitman games, this is a no brainer. That is one of the things that got me interested in at first is just looking at it and seeing it and thinking, this is kind of like uh, a Hitman game. And like I said, you know, it's a roguelite. So when you die, you start over from the beginning. But you, when you complete a, an area, go through all the levels of it, like the slums, you do the, the three levels of it. You can unlock a mutator, which will allow you to remove that. So you can start off from the, the level that you've gotten to, um, which is reminiscent of stuff like uh, Spelunky, which is cool. Uh, and there are a lot of mutators as well, which is nice. Things where you can like, turn on invincibility, infinite ammo. Uh, there, there are like a few dozen or so of them and some that are locked that you have to complete certain tasks as you go through. And it's, it's just fun. And the characters and their various traits are fun to play around with. You can adjust their appearance a bit. But I, I like just doing the random where it picks a random character for me and then I see how it goes. Um, I really like the vampire because his ability, their ability to suck blood for food, for HP comes in handy a lot at at points in certain levels where there's like a riot going on and everyone's aggroed all the time. It's hard to get behind someone and get a little sucky sucky. (laughs) Um, but for the most part, he's very, they're very powerful and they go very well with the ability to bribe cops because then you just bribe the cops and you can suck whoever's blood you want. Though I'm not sure, I'm not sure when you bribe cops if you attack them if that negates the bribe. I've never done it because I'm like, why am I gonna uh, risk this happening? But um, Streets of Rogue is fantastic. Outside of the name Streets of Rogue, which makes one think it's a Streets of Rage esque rogue light, and it's not at all that. Uh, so outside of that, like Streets of Rogue is a good name. It's just not a good name for this game. But uh, it's a it's a fantastic game, regardless of the misleading title, um, and you should be playing it because it's wonderful, and you are surely going to hear me talk about it much more. I'll probably talk about it again on Friday, and then I've been playing Shadows of the Dam. I played it a, a little under two hours of it, and it's gonna be a not great episode of attack the backlog if it continues down the path it's currently on and what i mean by that is 
I am not loving the game. I'm not hating the game. I'm very indifferent about my experience with it. And indifference doesn't lead to good discussion. It doesn't lead to good podcasting, to good anything, to good criticism, uh, good or bad. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that because I, I, I don't have much to say about it as it stands. There's a lot of attitude going on in it, a lot of sex jokes that are juvenile in nature and don't really land for me. But also, I'm not like, oh, God, this is so ugh. Um, the shooting is very reminiscent of Resident Evil 4, which isn't surprising. And I don't like it all that much. It's fine, it's suitable, it works, but it would feel much better playing it with mouse and keyboard because getting headshots can be annoying and frustrating. But at the same time, I'm playing on easy because the game doesn't allow you to change difficulty after you start the game. And I do not want to end up in a situation where I might be frustrated and want to turn down the difficulty to continue and and not be able to. And for me, difficulty, this is the thing about difficulty for me. I don't mind a challenge. I don't mind playing games on the hardest difficulty. I like a good challenge. It's fun. But the difficulty needs to be accompanied by tight mechanics. I I really need to feel like I'm in complete control of a game to want to try and play it uh in its most difficult manner i mean like celeste has its accessibility options which make it easier but if you play without any of those turned on it's a challenging game but it's super satisfying and it's great because the controls are so tight and it feels so good imagine playing celeste with the physics and the controls of little big planet imagine that that would be that would turn Celeste from one of the best platformers of all time to one of the worst. Celeste would be a nightmare if it controlled like Little Big Planet. And th- and that's where I look at something like Shadows of the Dam. It's fine control wise, but there are parts of it that do bother me, and, and that means that I wouldn't really get enjoyment out of adding challenge to the game because. Part of the challenge in itself would just be dealing with the controls. I played through the Uncharted games on Crushing. That was a nightmare. That was one of the dumbest things I ever did. I don't know why I did that, but I did it, and it was horrible. And I don't want to do that to myself anymore. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I played a few hours of that. I'll finish that at some point and then move on to Resident Evil 2, which will be fun. Then after that, I don't know. That'll that'll f- finish up uh, October for Attack the Backlog. I'm in July, so I have four more episodes after that for the year. I should think about what would work well for those. I don't think there are any Thanksgiving or Christmas-themed games that would be of note for it. I've played through The Division, so that doesn't work, and I can't think of anything else that is Christmas-themed and not garbage. I think maybe one of the Batman games had a Christmas thing. Or that could just be me thinking of the the calendar man uh, inclusion. But yeah, that will 
do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Cusinez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them both there if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a Wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.